We are live. We are so live. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Stalemates, everybody. This is been a few weeks now. We've been traveling and doing all kinds of stuff, but we are so back. We've had a lot of wrestling, a lot of college wrestling. Over the weekend, we had Midlands. We had the Soldier Salute. We had the Scuffle. Uh, high school wrestling. No, Jake. What'd you guys have? Anything good? Nope. Just practice. Just practicing and hanging out. Uh, Tyler, what have you been up to? Yep. Yeah, like you said, just been a lot of traveling over December, and then um, there's a lot of wrestling to catch up on from this past weekend, so I think this is a good time to hop back into the weekly show. Absolutely it is. We're waiting on Corby to jump in here, um, and then when he gets in here, we will get started. If it takes too long, then we'll get started without him. Um, Jake, what's your guys' next competition? We uh, actually leave for Wisconsin tomorrow night to go up to the Cheesehead Tournament. So we leave tomorrow night, stay in Dubuque, and then drive the rest of the way. So I'm I'm pretty pumped up about it. What are some of the big? Uh, what's some of the big matches that you guys are gonna have? Um, I think our biggest match is Carter Pearson versus Dom Munaretto, who is a world champ and I think they're number two and three in Willie's latest rankings at one Oh six. So that's a big mm-hmm. match for us. And then Mike Slade has a, has a really tough bracket at one seventy. So other than that, you know, just excited to see some of our guys compete. Uh, I think justice, Jess Aroga and, and will Oberbrockling will, will have big weekends for us. They got tough brackets. So just excited to watch them. All right, Corby is jumping in here. Let's see if we can get him going here. Let's see. Hey, Mike, you got me? We got you. What happened? Hold on. I'm trying. Hold on. I don't know. See if I'm muted. And we are live too now. And we're live, so don't say anything crazy, Corby. (laughs) Maybe I should kick him out until he knows that. Corby, can you hear us at all? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we're live, by the way. We're good to go. You can hear me? Yes. Yep. All right, we're just going to go like this tonight. No mic. No, I'm just going to go off. I just got this computer fired up. I was having some internet issues. All right, I'm all plugged in. I got Ethernet cable in. Let's go. All right, Let's do it. We'll get to it. Sorry, guys, for the, for the quality here. We're, we're dealing with some technical issues, as always, but we're going to get through it. Corby, how you doing? Great, man. Great. Ready to talk some wrestling here. Ready to talk about these forfeits. Ready to talk about this Spencer Lee thing. Ready to talk about it all. Let's go. Yeah, let's get into it then. Um, yes, sir. All right. So, if you guys didn't know by Where now. Where did I go? You're in there. Hold on. Hold on. Here all we right. go. I'm down. You're in here like swimwear. All right, so if you guys if you guys didn't know this whole um, Spencer Lee Drake Ayala drama that happened, um, you guys want to talk about this the soldier salute first, like the wrestling? Is there anything to talk about? You think? Um, what do you guys think? I mean, soldier salute was kind of a snoozer salute. Um, I don't know. I mean, there there are a couple things here and there, I guess. That, that you- about um i mean i actually you know what is interesting um is that 
I didn't think the crowd looked the greatest. Um, you know, and, and I think one of the reasons that we'll get into it later is, is the medical forfeits. And, you know, I mean, I don't think if you could have took a poll of, you know, Iowa fans, I bet probably 90%, if not more, would have said Spencer Lee and Drake are not wrestling. They will not wrestle that match, right? So people are thinking, hey, that match isn't going to happen, so why would people go, right? Why would why would people show up, right? Where 10 years ago, we knew for sure that, you know, 15 years ago, they were, they were wrestling, right? And now I think, you know, look at me, man. I'm the biggest wrestling. I mean, I don't know. I used to sit at home with 13 you know, four computers, you know, quad screened out watching duel after duel after duel. That's what I did up until a few years ago. Guess what I do now? I watch one or two duels and I check the box scores. And if the match happened, I go back and rewatch it. And I don't know that there's anybody that watches more wrestling than me. So me as a diehard freaking can't miss the shit. Now I'm not even watching it all because I don't know what I'm going to get. So how are we going to grow the sport if – a guy like me, like, is like, well, I'll just catch it on the flip side. You know what I mean? When I'll see if the match happened, then I'll catch it. You know what I mean? I don't travel like I used to. It's just, I don't know. I don't know where we're going. I don't know how we fix it. Um, you know, a lot of coaches want a dual, you know, championship. Um, they think that'll help. Um, I think we, you know, I don't, we'll never get that. Coaches will never agree. I think maybe we start off. Um, you know, we got eight matches for a winning percentage. Maybe we bump that to 15. So now you need 15 matches to even allocate a spot for your conference, right? And I guarantee overnight they will be able to go from wrestling eight matches to 15 matches in a snap of a finger. So, and like I said, I think it's a combination of things. Guys are training longer, um, you know. And like I said, too, it's not – I'm not – trying to be some tough guy and calling out wrestlers and don't think that, you know, they're not wrestling because of this or because of that. I think it's a, it's a lot of reasons. It's a lot of factors and, you know, and probably a lot of it is, is, you know, I'm a lot older than you guys. So I remember when the, the fur hit the fire, the shit was going, you know, everybody wrestled, everybody had 40 matches. Right. And uh, it's just not that way anymore. So I'm going to have to either adapt myself and understand that I'm not going to get the matches anymore. And uh, either I'm going to watch what I watch or I'm just going to go away like an old dinosaur, I guess, that I am. You know, I don't know. I, that's where I'm at with it. What yeah, do you guys – how is it solved? What is, what is the problem? I don't know how it's solved, but I, uh, going back to your point, it was like it used to be you wanted to watch all that stuff. I remember looking forward to the scuffle, like thinking like how crazy it was that we got the Southern scuffle, that that was even a thing. And now I kind of just go into it with the expectation of like, like I don't even look at the pre-seeds anymore. It's got to that point where I just kind of assume that most of these matches aren't going to happen. Um, why that is, I don't know for sure. I think I, I'd, I'd be interested to, listen to you guys on what you think is the reason why I know Corby, you said it's more so like the allocations and stuff like that. Um, or someone Jeez, like Jake, I, Jake, I'd like to get your opinion as far as like, is this going on at the high school level as well? Because they don't have the same allocations, but do you find guys that are kind of not wanting to wrestle your guys to protect their seed at the high school level as well as the college you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 
just a, I think it's happening at all levels right now. I think, um, you know, we maybe will sit a guy if they're really banged up, but we don't sit guys out of tournaments unless they're super special circumstances. But I do know a lot of teams that do um, just from experience and, you know, to each their own. I kind of live by the, um, you know, you, you throw them to the, to the fire and, and, and they're going to come out better because of it. And, and in the long run, I think it's better for, for those athletes to compete a bunch. But I do know that, you know, at the college level, when, when you're talking about it's a business, like college coaches want to win and athletic directors want them to win and they don't really care if they win the midlands or the soldier salute they care if they win at big tens or they care if they win at nationals and and at that point i think it's all about setting your 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 kids and your athletes up to succeed at those events and you know i think a lot of coaches think that you know at times sitting their guys is is the best option now do i think that not necessarily but i'm also not a division one college wrestling coach uh, so, you know, I, you know, what do I know? I'm just a high school wrestling coach, but I, I do think there's a fine. Which is, and I think like Corby said, maybe upping the matches is, is the right way to do it for allocations, but, you know, giving the fans what they want isn't always the best answer either. So, um, you know, we're, we're fans for a reason. We're not, we're not coaches for a reason. We're not athletes. We don't know what these athletes are going through. So, you know, I kind of try to give them the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time as a, as a fan, it, it is frustrating, but it happens at the high school level. I think it happens at the youth level somewhat. Um, I think it happens at all levels, but you know, you see things like this trickling down, you know, you see people sitting out things at the, pro level and then it happens at the college level and then it's going to happen at the high school level and it's going to happen at the youth level so you know i i'm not saying it's it's right or wrong but i i do think we need to figure something out you know i think i put it in our group chat you know i think our kids are just competing too much early on and that's having an effect on them and at the college level you know we're trying to peak kids early to get them college scholarships and then by the time they get to college their bodies are so so run down that they're not able to compete as much as they used to. And, you know, if you look at like the nineties and the two thousands, I think kids were competing much less at the youth and high school level and then compete more at the college backwards because I know college scholarships are important, but um, I, I think that's the biggest issue to me. And yeah, sorry, I got a little long winded there, but yeah, there, I think there's a lot of issues, but it is happening at every level. And, and I think it just trickles down from, from the pros slash college on down. And I think too, Twitter is hard, right? Like I know I put out some tweets and then I just kind of sat back and let everybody kind of discuss it. Cause it's kind of hard on Twitter. I think is, I think what I, I guess the basis of it all for me was what I want to see stop is the number 13 guy in the country on Friday night. He's got number 10. Okay. He, he sits, right. He's banged up. You know, now on Sunday, two days later, he's wrestling the number 30, right? That needs to stop. If we can wrestle the 30 on Sunday, we can wrestle the 10 on Friday. That's more where I'm at. And I think this is a huge thing, right? We got 20% maybe of sports specialization. Kids are doing it more. They have more mileage, right? Some of it is, hey, yeah, got, you know, um, 
seating, right? A lot of it, 40% is seating, right? Coaches know the system. They're going to game the system. They're protecting for seeds for March, okay? Another part of it is um, the holidays, right? Guys go home around December 20th. They are home for a week on their own, practicing in their high schools with guys, and then they travel to these tournaments from home, okay? So that's not conducive either for what's going on. And then we have the fact that all the coaches are paid and their bonus structures are all off of March. A, athletic directors give two shits about a dual meet. They don't care. They don't even know. They know about accolades that are given in March, and the awards in March are all Americans, and that's what we're judged in this sport, right? So that's never going to change. I don't see that. So how can we make the match in November count more and find a, a more a, a system that's less game-proof that puts us with a better product on the way to March, right? And is it – do guys need to go wrestle in 35, 40 matches like they used to? No, and we're probably never going to see that. But – Guys chasing, you know, eight, nine matches. Obviously, Spencer Lee's a totally different situation. He has no knees, and we've watched him go through his career, right, and what he's gone through. But um, Killian Cardinal, I kind of was like, yeah, shaking my head this weekend, right? I mean, he's back. I get it. He was probably told before the tournament, hey, we're going to wrestle two and we're out. But if we're going to do that, why don't we Why don't we do that at the whatever open, right? Like, I don't know. It's just – I think there's a lot of a lot of factors to it, and uh, I don't know that we're ever going to change it. And my thing is this, right? It's the coaches are never going to vote to change it. Okay, um, maybe if us fans bitch enough, things will change, but that's probably not going to happen either. What's going to happen is when subscription starts getting canceled, when people quit showing up to events and doing what I'm doing, and that trickles down to the casual fans doing the same thing then change will have to happen because guess what? A lot of these events and things aren't going to have the money to run them. You're not going to have the events because they're not going to have the money. They're going to be, they're going to be losses. So I don't know. I don't know where we're, where we need to go from here, but um, we're definitely losing people. I mean, definitely losing fans. Um, so I don't know. Uh, we got a uh, question got right a away question. here from the comment section that says, if tournament placement was part of the seeding criteria, would it possibly reduce the medical forfeits in tournaments? So, you know, if you go to the Southern Scuffle or the Soldier Salute or uh, Midlands and they take into place whether you get first, third, fifth, or seventh at seeding at the end of the year, do you think that would be a possible solution? Well, it already is because each match is determined already. So it kind of already is. I mean, I, I don't know if that helps. Um, maybe. Um, I've heard a few different, you know, things that could happen. And like I said, I don't know if any of them ever will. Um, a lot of coaches feel the only way that it'll ever change is if there's a dual format and you're, and you're taking, let's say the top 10 or 15 from the duels and you're giving them points to go to the national tournament with, well, guess what? I mean, to me, I don't mind it, but I just feel that we're going to lose programs doing that because how does your small school ever have a chance? Never. They never do. Right. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think coaches will go for that either. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things being thrown around. I just I don't know what the answer is. And I think a lot of it is like Jake said, we are fans, right? We don't have we don't have much say. The coaches are in the room. They know what's going on more than we do, right? I just know for a fact. I'm not going to name 
names, people, whatever, but it happens. We are sitting. There are coaches out there that say, hey, we have nothing to gain from wrestling this match. We got to win over the common opponent. We're going to sit, right? Or, hey, we're going to see them later. Well, there used to be a thought to where, hey, we see them now and we kind of gauge where we're at and what we need to change, and then we see them later. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we, we only want to wrestle maybe twice a year, right? Or three times is too many or something where I, I don't know i don't like that thought process um and i don't like how it cheats the the diego satello right harvard right this guy's chasing matches at 125 he gets third he gets three count of three medical forfeits on the backside of the midlands to take third okay so these smaller programs are getting hurt because they're not getting diego satello now does not get three matches three division one quality matches he doesn't get them so we need to make to starters. Medical forfeit needs to be a loss, 100% loss on your record. Right now, it don't mean shit. I can medical forfeit, and it don't mean anything. That needs to start being a loss, okay? If the medical forfeit being a loss doesn't stop it, then guess what? You, it's two. Then we'll add another loss onto it then. You know what I mean? It somehow, some way, it's, you've got to be punished for not wrestling when you're hurting the other kid. He's not getting the match that he needs. It doesn't count. Now he's got to go chase matches or somewhere else to maybe at the end of the year get the amount of matches he needs, like let's say 15 for an RPI. So I just – I don't know, man. It, we're, we're, we're killing ourselves. We're eating our own here, and, and I don't know – I don't know where we go or, or where it stops. That's that's where I'm at. All right. We're probably going to bring this up throughout the show, considering that this is kind of the, the biggest topic of the, of the week. It's kind of the theme of the whole holiday tournament, which I'm sure most of you guys have known by now, and I'm sure most of you guys have heard all the takes from every side, from the athletes, from the coaches, from the fans. And uh, we'll, we'll keep talking about that. But for now, um, we're going to talk about a little bit of drama, a little bit of tea. Um, I know you guys don't want to get too messy. You guys have your, you know, you guys are a lot more um, probably respected in the wrestling community than we are. Uh, I do want to talk about a little bit of this Spencer Lee, Drake Ayala drama, whatever you want to say. Um, I'll start off. That way I can shoot you guys some bail here and you guys can kind of see where I'm coming with this whole thing. But, um, you know, I think at first for me, it was kind of like, you don't like seeing that out of Spencer. And I think people made this a bigger deal than it probably is. With that said, I don't think like Corby, I think, you know, in the discord, you were saying this is a pretty much a big nothing. I think it's pretty crazy to dismiss it as a complete nothing. Now, I don't think that this, I think there's some people on the argument that, Say, that probably go too far and they think you know Drake's gonna be in the portal or Spencer's gonna you know do whatever do something crazy right I don't think it's this particular situation is anything more than a Monday morning conversation but I don't think you can completely dismiss it from being anything obviously these things do happen um I wrestled at a very low level in high school and it happened at that level with absolutely no stakes besides maybe a varsity letter on the line right so Pretty much, this is going to happen whether you're a JV kid, whether you're a varsity kid, whether you wrestle in college, whether you're a Division One national champion, whether you're a Division 
one three-time going to be four-time most likely national champion you're going to get in the heat of the moment. Um, so I lean on more of the side of you, Corby, where it's not a big deal, but I do think it's crazy that there's some people that think that this is absolutely nothing. I think there probably maybe was some animosity. And I also think this is probably a win-win if you're Spencer and if you're Drake. If you're Spencer, you won the match. You showed everybody, hey, you showed everybody what time it is. You're Spencer Lee, right? We all know that he's amazing. If you're Drake, you also win because if I'm an Iowa Hawkeye fan and I hear that Drake's like wanting to come at the big dog, which is Spencer Lee, the guy that's probably going to have a statue of himself outside of Carver one day, and I think that he should, especially if he's the first four-timer for Iowa. I think both sides win in this situation, except for the fact that Iowa gets the privilege of being talked about probably on every single wrestling show like this they get their own 12 pages on the hawkeye report that was my most annoying take was all the hawkeye fans out there i'm wearing black and gold for you guys today but the most annoying take for me was everybody saying oh it was because it's iowa and this and that your own people have 12 pages talking about it on the hawkeye report so you can't tell me that the hawkeye fans don't also think that there's something there again i think this is the big the the biggest part of this whole thing is maybe it was a Monday morning conversation. That's it. Nothing crazier than that. A little bit of heat of the moment. A little bit of maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe there's something going on in the background. But from what we know, from what I've seen, this is pretty much just a heat of the moment situation. Corby, I'll let you go ahead and shoot us some bail for the Hawkeye fans. Well, I mean, here's my thing, right? We see Spencer come off the mat in the semis. And we see him kind of say, I'm, I'm, it looks like he says, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm med forfeit. I'm out. Right. He does. He's out. Right. Drake had previously won the match. So, and he knew he was wrestling, you know, his teammate in the finals. Right. So I think you just have a situation where Spencer, right. Three-time national champ at his home, home, right. I mean, not home, but tournaments kind of at home. Right. And he's in the finals and he, you know, feels that, you know, hey, Drake should give him the respect of, you know, forfeiting to his teammate, right? And, you know, Drake is a competitor, and Drake's chomping at the bit, and Drake wants a shot at the big dog, right? And doesn't, not going to back down. Drake's, I'm not that forfeiting. I'm not forfeiting the Spencer. I want, so, I mean, we saw what we saw, right? We have a uh, up and comer wanting a shot at the big dog, right? At home. And uh you just saw the, you know, the big dog letting letting Drake know that he's still the big dog. And guys, this is a sport. It's a hand-to-hand combat, one-on-one sport, okay? Like if if fans out there listening, if there were cameras in every D1 wrestling room, you guys would have so many storylines. The fist fights weekly in wrestling rooms, guess what happens? When they hit the shower, that shit's over with, man. You got in a barn burner with a teammate, fist got the flying, and and the minute practice is over, that shit's buried, your family, right? So I think you saw a room situation, right? A situation that typically happens in a room in D1 wrestling kind of spill over out into the arena, for the fans to see, right? And so now it becomes this big ordeal where everybody thinks, but to me, I mean, you got a situation, like I said, the little dog wants a shot at the big dog and the big dog's just letting them know, hey, I'm still the big dog. And then you got 
the other situation to where, you know, you've got, you know, some chirping or some things going on. And listen, we all heard, um, you know, Drake, we know, we know that that last year Drake comes in, Spencer gets hurt in December, his knees kind of banged up before that. Right. So there's not a lot of practicing going on between the two because, you know, Spencer's hurt December, Spencer gets hurt. Spencer has surgery. Drake has shoulder, right? Spencer comes back mid-October to start drilling. So we're only, we're talking two months ago, he started drilling. Drake's coming off the shoulder. So there's just not, you know, there's just a lot going on there, I think. And I think obviously they, they haven't wrestled together every day in the room. And why, how would they, right? And if I'm Drake Ayala, guess what? I want to get my hands on Spencer Lee in the room every single day I can until he leaves Iowa because that's going to make me a better me, right? So that's all, guys. I, I think it's a nothing burger. I think everything's fine and dandy. And and I think, too, you saw a little bit of emotion from Spencer that, that to me, I want to see. I want to see that little badass. I want to see Spencer get pissed off. And because and, sometimes Spencer looks like he's not even interested, right? So guess what? Before every single match, you know what? I tell him, I tell him, guess what? That son of a bitch out there right now, his name's Drake Ayala, and he wants your spot, right? That's what I tell him before every match. If he goes out there looking like that, 125, you guys mail it in. You know what I mean? If if that if that's the Spencer that, that puts them ankle bands on, that's exactly what Spencer Lee needed, guys. I'm telling you right now, 125's in trouble. You got a motivated Spencer Lee, and we're going to be the ones that are going to benefit from it. You know, that's what I think. Jake, as a Jake, head, as a head coach, I'm sure you've dealt with this before at some level in the room. Uh, what was your opinion on the whole? Could just be the opinion on the match itself or the aftermath, I guess. Yeah, you know, I don't, <clears throat> I don't look into it too much. I just think, like Corby already said, I think Spencer just assumed that there was going to be a medical forfeit there, and Drake being. Uh, the badass that he really is, you know, it isn't about that life. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm probably a little biased because I'm, I'm team Drake, you know, I've, I've uh, come up with him a little bit, you know, I know his, his little brother really well too. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm a little biased, but I, I know Drake, he's not about that life. So he's going to want to wrestle and he's going to want to compete. And, you know, he's, he's been off the mat for a while. So for him to say, Hey, I want the match. You know, maybe Spencer took that the wrong way. Um, obviously, I think he did. I don't think he, you know, it's anything against Drake. Maybe it's more, uh, I just thought we weren't going to run in. You know, it turns out they did. So I'm I'm not, I'm not going to look into it too much. I think they'll get it figured out. I think that, you know, Spencer, like Corby said, kind of needed this motivation maybe and needed – needed something to get the fire going because he, he did look a lot different in the finals than he did in the semis. So, you know, we, you know, we only got to see a short period of time, but I, I hope I'm pretty sure in Spencer's interview, he said he was going to compete more. So maybe this really got the, got the ball rolling for him and, you know, Drake, Drake's just a dude. So he likes to compete. He's never going to be afraid of anybody. He never has. So, you know, I mean, in, even in high school, he bumped up to wrestle Ryder block up a weight because he lost to him. So that's just, that's Drake for you. He's, he's a competitor, the ultimate competitor. And it's why he's so good and why he's, you know, probably going to be a 
three-time All-American, and and I would assume he's going to be a national champ at some point. So that's all I take away from that. I will say this. I'll, I'm going to be the devil's advocate a little bit here. I think that there was – there. I, I think it's crazy to say that there's this is only just a, you know, a heat of the moment thing. I think, it, I think for the most part it was, but I think at the same time, Spencer that whole day seemed kind of pissed especially after that Volk match where he kind of, that was the match where he, or is it, is it Volk at, at his semifinal opponent? Mm-hmm. Volk. Yeah. So he, he comes off the mat and he's like, I'm out, I'm done or whatever. And then after the Drake match, he kind of looked at as whatever he said, and then kind of like stepped over Drake, pushed on him. Like there's more than just one instance of like him being a little bit salty and then in the post-match interview with Cody Goodwin, which shout out to Cody Goodwin for being like the only one to even ask about this situation to Spencer. Spencer, like Cody asked him, he goes, hey, are you, um, was this a statement for you? Kind of saying like, were you trying to make a statement here? And Spencer immediately is like, why? Why was that a statement? Like there, it just seemed to me like he was kind of annoyed that whole day. And I don't know what particularly was, but just reading like kind of the body language and some of those things, it seems to me like he was annoyed about something. I don't know if it was annoyed that he had to wrestle Drake or what it was, but I don't think that it was a hundred percent just in the moment, but I think that this situation probably wouldn't happen again because Spencer probably would figure out a way to not let it get outside of the room. Maybe. Well, I think too, if you look in the past with Spencer and matches that he doesn't tap guys, we've seen this in, like the way he came off from Volk. We've seen this in the past in his career. He gets pissed off when he doesn't pin or tech guys. He doesn't do what he thinks. He gets irritated. He gets angry. He comes off huffy puffy. We've seen this a million times. But, but he normally would do that towards his opponent and not his own corner, though. Well, well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that I think that if if the Drake situation doesn't happen at all, you're not even talking about what happened after Volt. So. I don't think, to me, I I think here's a situation, probably, in my eyes, okay? As a wrestling coach, we don't you don't look ahead, okay? I'm not looking at a bracket and saying, hey, this is going to happen, okay? Big this situation is, doesn't happen. Right? It, you're, not, you're not saying, hey, this is going to happen first year. This match is going to happen. You don't look ahead. So it was probably never discussed all week, never discussed between anybody, hey, anything about Drake and Spencer wrestling, right? Because who knows if it's going to happen, right? So now he's out there wrestling, okay? Drake wins on the match next to him. And like when he's in the third, so when he comes off the mat from Volk, he knows that Drake just won, right? Mm. So in my mind, he's saying, I'm out met forfeiting, right? What was his reaction? That's my teammate, Right. So when he gets done wrestling, he's saying, I'm out. I'm med forfeit, right? Because he don't want to wrestle his teammate. That's where I think his brain was at that moment, right? He's looking. He don't want to wrestle. He don't, and he thought that match wasn't going to happen. He doesn't want to wrestle that match against his teammate. That's where I think his brain was, right? And I think at that point, it was never brought up. Drake wasn't coming up and saying, hey, if you win and I win, I ain't wrestling. That ain't Drake. Drake ain't waving the white flag. Are you kidding me? So it was kind of never, and I just think it was just a combination of things, right? And I think 
Um, just like a lack of communication? I don't think a lack of communication. I just don't think anything like that is even – why would it be communicated? But why are you going to predetermine matches? And you don't even know if Drake's going to beat Versinic. You don't know if he's going to beat Volk. So why would you even have the conversation? That's just not how we operate in this sport. We don't – we don't – we don't look ahead, right? You you wrestle the guy in front of you, right? So, and then I think obviously, in after it, it happens, right? Now you got that match that's going to happen in the finals, right? And you got a few hours before it happens, and neither guy budges, right? Neither guy says I ain't wrestling. So what happens? You know, you're getting 15 minutes before the match, right? I imagine everyone's standing around like, hey, I guess this is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? I mean. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Coach. I don't know. I just I find it crazy that, that, that they're level, that bracket. Stop you're, you're, you're acting like that bracket was absolutely stacked, and it was like, oh, that's the thing. I'm like, how can those they guys not are going to cake that bracket? Yeah, right. They were going to cakewalk all the way to the finals. No, no. Bur- didn't uh, who who uh, first beat beginning of the year? He beat somebody solid. He's not bad. I mean, you're not you're not a hundred. You're talking about not old. bad, and you're talking about Spencer Lee and Drake. Right, but I'm. You don't look ahead. You're not. You're not sending them down before the tournament and saying, "Hey, guys, you're probably going to be in the finals. What are we going to do?" It's just not the mindset you put in your athlete. You can't do that for one tournament and and then expect your athlete to not be looking ahead in the next bracket. It's psychologically not how you operate. You understand? You're not gonna. I'm not gonna say, "Hey, guys, well, we're here in December and in this tournament we're going to look ahead, but here in March we're going to take it a match at a time." Not how it happens. Yeah. Just psychologically, yeah. it's not how yeah, it happens. I mean, I, I think so. I, I think that there was probably a little bit of – I think they probably – like, I find it hard to believe they didn't have any sort of conversation. Maybe not with the wrestlers, but at least internally, right? The coaches and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, maybe the coaches internally. I mean, you, I may call you and we may shoot the shit about something, right? But, like – I, I mean, maybe the coaches internally were talking, hey, you you know, maybe do you think, you know, hey, is so-and-so, do you think they're going to – who knows? Maybe they don't talk about it at all. You know what I mean? I mean, you had how many other matchups that happened between teammates, right? I mean, you had you had Caleb right. and Mirren. Throughout that whole tournament, you had Mirren wrestle Jezaroga. Mirren had to wrestle Caleb. You had match after match of Hawkeye after Hawkeye. Do you think they – pulled every guy in the office and talked about, hey, you may see, hey, Jez, Joel Jezaroga, you may see Mirren this weekend. What do you guys, bullshit, that's not how it happens. You wrestle, you toe the line. If the match comes up, it is what it is, right? And then it's then it's determined what happens, right? And neither guy blinked. And we saw in public what happens in the room. And today's society with social media and drama and everybody likes to gossip and chit chat and here we are right if this happens between dean peterson and dylan shaver guess what probably not a lot said they're gonna say a couple of guys in jersey they're tough guys they they were pissed right that's what's gonna be said that's all i don't know hey i you know i and i get flack for it and i've said it in the past and i'll say it again Iowa 
still stirs the drink when it comes to wrestling. Their fans are the fans that show up everywhere. Their fans are the ones talked about. They've still they've won one title in the last 10 years, and they're still talked about. Penn State's won nine out of 11. Everything goes to Iowa. I said it before. I said it on shows, trials, World Cup, all that stuff should go to Carver because they pack it until other places prove they can pack it, right? Where where Penn State was going to get it, and then it got canceled right that year. So we don't know what they would have done. I assume they would have packed it as well, right? So maybe you give them a shot. But in the time being, why are we wrestling anywhere else? I mean, not to be a jerk, but nobody else has proved that they have a fan base that that backs it. You know what I mean? And, and that's that's where I'm coming from, and it is what it is. I mean, look at, like I said, you're still, usually Tom Brady, people are like, oh, Tom Brady, this, that, because he wins, right? I mean, usually the winners are, you know, people end up not liking them. You know what I mean? And and Iowa's won one of 10, Penn State nine of 11. And it seems like the hate, the talk on the boards, the drama in Twitter, the social media and everything yeah. still kind of I mean, geared towards we can, Iowa. We can- we could do, do a whole Cheer. show on that. We could do a whole show Cheer. on that. J- Jake, Why go ahead. Why do you think it is? Hey, Zach. Hold on. I got a bet. Hold on. I got a bet both these guys. I'm gonna, I am. I. This is going to be something completely off topic of what we've been talking about. But That's fine. You brought you brought me to. Uh, I know Corby started talking about Murin and Ratchy, and that brought me to um, who I think is in Iowa State um, something or other is Echemendia. So I don't know if you want to talk about that, but I know he had a battle with Ratchy in the semis. Um, I believe I saw some Iowa State stuff in his corner. So I don't know. I mean, that's just. I know we're completely off topic here, but we could go on and on about, you know, the hatred of Iowa because because trust me, I'm I'm living it right now. I just living in Iowa. But yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit of Iowa State before we um, maybe move on from Soldier Salute. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I'm glad you asked because this has probably been something that Twitter. I, I see people throwing this can of worms out all the time on Twitter and they everybody <laughs> wants to come at the king. And But you know what? You best not miss because as far as I'm concerned, that man has never wrestled for Iowa State before. Right? I think on paper that check out. So as far okay. as I'm concerned, he's, I don't know. Like, he... I know the people have said he's in the room and whatnot, and maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I think maybe, you know, there's RTC practices and people are allowed to go and they're allowed to go and work out in different rooms. I'm sure you guys are high-level wrestlers. You've worked out in different rooms throughout your time. As far as I'm concerned right now, he is living in Iowa. He is competing for Team Etchum India. He's the unattached assassin. Um, and I think that, Whatever happens, happens. I don't know what's going on with the legal case. I've since since the Willie trials, I've since retired my uh, my judicial expertise. But we'll we'll wait and see what happens over there and uh, with the with that. But f- as far as I'm concerned, right now, Etchum India is is not a cyclone. And if he is, someone let me know. But all right, so that that's the that's the uh, political curve. Hey, hey. We got Mini Dresser here on the show. Mini Dresser with the political correct answer. 
So basically, next year at Chimendia will be a cyclone. Thank you. Who for said? That. Who said? <laughs> Who said? No, that? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's gonna have to do some schoolwork, right, and stuff like that. I believe he's enrolled in a community college locally, and he's taking some classes, and he's practicing at the RTC. Um, we had heard uh, they had a the cyclone had an RTC event pre-season, maybe early November, October-ish. And he was there and it was floating around that he was there and in the room working out. And, you know, it is what it is, right? Um, he looked good. To be honest with you, wrestling-wise, I was impressed. I was impressed um, from, I guess it's been a couple years since we've seen him, right? So there's a lot of work that could be done in the room. But he wrestled um, Will Guida in North Carolina and, in the, and got – put on his back for six to start and he was down six oh but Guida's a really funky guy that likes to Granby roll he followed well Guida likes to switch he followed well he controlled the far ankle and bumped him nice he did some really nice folk style things that I wasn't sure that he would be able to do usually you know if guys pop up and Granby roll a lot of times that guys go to follow you'll catch him you know and he never did he stayed tight like a backpack um, he did good at chasing ankles. He, he folk style, uh, you know, has become, you know, better than I thought. But then again, he's been here for a few years, what, four now, I think, in the country. It's just we haven't seen him in a while. So, And obviously now he's probably just working on his folk style game, although you're not allowed to do that at RTC practices, by the way. They can only be freestyle. So I don't know where he's practicing all these folk style moves, but he's gotten pretty good at them. Uh, he was, I mean, he was, he was at a different school for a long time. I don't know if you know that, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I don't know if he's going to Iowa state. I don't know if he's going to stay at whatever college he's going to. He could be, he could go to Iowa. I know Iowa likes to do the thing where they like to save guys and, and put them on the right path. But if dresser does something, dresser selling used cars, Tom Brands does it. Oh, he's, he's got that kid going in the right direction. We're going to take this problem child and we're going to make him into a model citizen. But if Dresser does it, oh, he's a scumbag. He's cheating the system. He's doing that. That's fine. It's always the first guy through the door that takes all the shots, though. You know what I mean? All right. Let's you move on. Now. That's all right. I like it. We're getting somewhere. All right. We're going to move on here. Um, look at that. Corby's going again. See if we can there get we him go. in here. No, I'm Let's here. See. There you go. All right. Moving along to the Midlands and the scuffle. We kind of talked about the forfeiting and the medical forfeits and injury defaults and all this and that but let's talk about the wrestling here to end the show and then we're going to bring on some live callers which by the way you guys can go ahead and start calling in here if you just scroll down and click the link you can join the show um just please only join the show if you got a pretty decent internet connection we're already struggling here uh and also have something to say and also just know that we're gonna like like say what you're gonna say, land the dang plane, and let's move on to the next guest. Dude, to, to all Iowans, if you're in a truck right now, just don't call in. We have had no luck with guys in trucks calling. So, <laughs> yeah. so anybody, any guy driving in Iowa right now, you cannot call. <laughs> half the people listen to this show, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, all you're right. right. All right, so Midlands. I think the biggest thing out of Midlands was probably Quincy Monday going up into what is already an absolutely stacked. 165 pound weight class which now begs the question is this the toughest weight class bracket of all time jake i'll let you go first all time all time i you know i don't i don't think all time i mean if you're talking all time you're looking back at that 149 
Brett with Bobby and Metcalf. And uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going to forget a ton of names, but I, I would say that's probably the toughest bracket, but you know, maybe after it's all said and done, when we look back, this could potentially be the toughest bracket. You know, we've got guys like Carr and, and O'Toole who have, have had a ton of freestyle success. And, you know, then you got guys like Shane Griffith and uh, Dean Hamidi, Quincy Monday. So I, I wouldn't say it's the toughest bracket of all time, but I think you're you're starting to flirt with that conversation. And then I think, you know, maybe we look back and, four or five years after some some freestyle success and and maybe we look at now oh, you know what maybe this was up there with the toughest bracket of all time but as of right now not yet hmm. corby did you see anything from the scuffle that you wanted to point out maybe something that people missed i know you like to really dig deep into those brackets um you know there really wasn't a whole lot i mean obviously palmer from chattanooga you know, made the finals, made a run, beat some guys. Um, so, you know, uh, Pence, right? Uh, Pence gets layered, right? Pence at the end of the match, he's losing. Um, he ends up coming back. He pins Laird. Um, you know, Laird's got to win over Dean. So, I mean, that's a big win for Pence. That shakes up, you know, adds another wrinkle to 97 where, I mean, flip a coin. I think you're like 12 deep now, 13. 13 guys deep. Um, 197 is going to be really exciting. Um, just that. And then, like you said, I think, you know, Monday at the Midlands and, uh, you know, he's going to stay, stay up now, which, you know, adds another guy we talk about in that weight. And he goes and, and beats Dean. So, you know, he looks like he's going to be right in the mix there. And um, so, yeah, I mean, really, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot. Um, you know, a lot of it went chalk. Um and, you know, we didn't get to see a lot, but we, you know, I think this is going to, like I said, I think this could be the new norm. I mean, we're going to have, you know, the collegiate duels. You're going to have these these tournaments. You're going to have the salute. I've already talked to a few coaches that are just not even going to go next year. They're just going to do a couple of home duel meets over Christmas, try to have some home duels instead of do tournaments. And so I think now you're just going to see a lot of different things, which is going to even, you know, kind of not water things down, but, you know, water things down. I just think the the past of, hey, everybody's in one place is over with. It's going to be Vegas, and even that now, guys, are because Vegas is so close to collegiate duels, and now teams are starting to try to decide what they want to do there, and teams are kind of now just going to one big tournament and then the end of the year. So I think it's going to be the new norm with scheduling and, and the way it is, and we're just going to have to, I guess uh, – buckle up and kind of get used to it and and just see the matches when we you know be be thankful for the ones that we get you know what i mean um you know i i i was i was hearing some uh or i put out some numbers myself actually seton hall pirate has all those numbers from everything so i was you know talking with him and there were there were uh 1546 matches wrestled at Midland Scuffle and Salute. And out of those matches, uh, 84 were medical forfeits at 5.4%. I haven't had a chance yet. I was going to go back and look at the numbers from the 17-18 season, which would be five years ago, and run those numbers for a comparison. Um, 85.4% sounds a little bit high to me. 
<laughs> but I, I would I would also like you to include a percentage of how many of those opponents were ranked opponents and how many of those ranked opponents were top 10 ranked opponents that they were supposed to be facing. Because you don't see a lot of guys forfeiting against unranked opponents. No, you don't. And and that was another thing um, uh, I, I know Bash was wondering if it could do is checking the um, – the, the placers, right? The guys that placed at the NCAA tournament and go through and were they med forfeited? You know what I mean? Because um, last year at the Big Ten tournament, I mean, it was a total mess, right? Like it was just a forfeit fest, right? And so I don't know if we'll see that again this year, but the forfeits, Flo put out an article from like the last five years of all the conferences and each conference and the medical forfeits. And you can just see the numbers going up, up and up, right? So um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I think, and, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, I mean, people will say, I, I, like I said, there's a whole bunch of things, right? I grew up as a kid, you know, and I mean, I would have to only drive, go two blocks in my, on my bike to go to the schoolyard. And every time there was a football game or a baseball game, a tackle football game going on. And you know what I mean? They're just, we were outside playing and doing a lot more things than, than kids are doing now right and and you know call me old and call me whatever but guess what falling off your bike and getting tackled on the ground over and over when you're a kid you know what i mean that 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 kind of that kind of makes you a little bit tougher you know what i'm saying and right now every kid's got on a helmet they got on shoulder they got on the elbow pads i mean many kids haven't even scraped their knee before right yeah. so i don't know i mean there's I just, nothing i don't, I don't nothing wrong with that has to do with it I definitely think, you know, where where I think, too, where it changed, right, where coaches decided where years ago guys had just wrestled taped up and banged up, right, and now they found out, well, that doesn't work in March. We're better off sitting a guy and to where he's, you know, I think just the old the old tough guy mentality of screw you, my arm's falling off, I'm going to go out there. That has trickled down in society, right, it's oh wait now we put on elbow pads right well now it's just it's just a whole trickle down of now we've got to this point and call say what it is man I mean it just it it is what it is right and and I grew up in a generation of sticks and stones might break my my bones but words will never hurt me right and I think we've gotten to a point in society now to where what anybody says anybody says anything oh I cry oh man my mind oh that hurt me you know what I mean and it's like really. Like you called me a dick. Oh God. Oh, let me go cry. That was bullying. No, no, it wasn't bullying. Sorry, but it wasn't like, so I don't know. We've got to this line of just, I don't know. I don't know that we're ever going to turn back and it's instant gratification. Look at this phone right here. Right. I mean, kids today, they want a three to five second TikTok. That's too much for their mind. Right. It's too much. They, they want information so fast. Everybody, wants it now right where yeah. we act on impulse we want everything right now and i think that we need to slow the f down a little bit and uh you know get back to what matters and that's the people in your inner circle today's kid grows up in their mind what matters to them is the like or whatever they get on social media from the person thousands of miles away that they're never gonna meet and what they what they have to say or what they're thinking matters zero in their life it never will and so, I don't know, man, we got to, I mean, a whole thing in society, we got to totally hit the reset button. And, and I, I just don't think it's ever going to happen. And 
there it is. So I'm the old guy. Get off my lawn. And if you come on my yeah, lawn, I was gonna say, that, that would, get off my lawn. Damn it. And you know what? Right now I'm in Arizona, so don't come to my house either. All right. All right. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you were getting a little in the deep in there on the get off my lawn ramp, but that's fine. We get have off somebody, my lawn. I'm telling we you. have somebody in it our chat. It is what it is. We you have somebody, what? Corby, we got someone in our chat really quick. Hold on. We got say? coaches that are around my age that think the same way, guys. Sorry. All right, let's, let's, see what, let's see what this guy has to say. Uh, Opaka, how we doing, my friend? Oh, Dancing. man. Hey, guys, how's it going? We're doing good. I, you've been a longtime supporter of the show. I'm, I'm so happy we finally get a somewhat meet face-to-face -face here. How you doing? Good, man, good. Been watching you guys since the Willie Trials. It's great to be on uh, about the toughness thing. Can't agree more. I'm about to turn 40 myself. You just got to be tough. You got to go out and wrestle. Yeah, I, I it's would part of the sport. Um, you have any questions for these guys? You got you got some of the best minds in wrestling right now at your disposal. Uh, what's one thing you want to know about this college wrestling season right now? Anything anything you want to pick their brains about? Yeah, you guys got any surprises we should watch out for for national champs this year? Maybe somebody flying under the radar. I saw Yaya Thomas had a pretty good tournament this weekend. Tyler, you want to go first? Um, I don't know if this is really under the radar anymore, but I feel like uh, I feel like Austin O'Connor will repeat this year. 157 now. It's pretty opened up, but I'd, I want to hear Corby and Jake, their take here. Yeah, I'd like to see him healthy. Uh, well, my only guy that I think is going to win this year, that, and he's never replaced before, Andrew Alirez. He, he's been on a roll, just won the scuffle. 141's a wide open weight. Uh, he just dominated Allen Hart in the finals. So that's my pick for a guy who, who's going to, you know, he's never All-American before, but he, he, I think he's got a chance to win the national title this year. Um, I'll throw you one. I don't know that he wins a national title, but to me, um, I mean, from what I've seen looking right now at 125, it wouldn't shock me at all if uh, Eric Barnett, Wisconsin's in the finals at 125. I think he could be the second best guy in that weight. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Glory, and uh, yeah, I like it. And I don't know what's going to happen with Richie Figs, but if Richie Figs is the guy. Look out for Richie Figs. Richie Figs could also be in the NCAA finals if, if he ends up being the guy over Courtney. Um, it's going to be an interesting situation on what they do. Um, there were some rumors flying around, you know, because Fix, Figs registers and then he pulls out. Um, yeah, he, he definitely, you know, he had, he had caught a, a bug. He was sick. And uh, so there's nothing going on there, you know, like anything crazy. Um, he's definitely, you know, there and uh he was just a little bit sick so um you know these guys man they go back home for the holidays like i said or they travel to to people's houses for the holidays and you know people end up getting sick so he ended up with a bug and so he had to pull out so there's nothing i don't know what they're going to do there it's going to be really interesting you got the old dog as courtney right and then you got the young kid coming on in figueroa it'll be really interesting i think you know that tournament was going to decide it probably for them and now he gets sick. So, hey, tomorrow night, they duel. We got to duel tomorrow night, ASU, right? I mean, Cornell, ASU on flow Wednesday night. So uh, that'll be interesting. 
I'll get, I'm going to give you guys my crazy pick. I've already – my prediction show at the beginning of the year, I had – Benero Johnson. No, 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 no. Are you ready? Yep. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get us some Penn State fans. You ready? Levi Haynes, 157 maybe. Ooh. Elaborate. So, so I said last year at the NCAA tournament that if Levi Haynes – I said Levi Haynes will All-American at 57 next year, meaning this year. And uh, I still think he will. I think he's going to gain steam through the Big Ten season. I think he'll end up being their guy. And I think he All-Americans for sure. I think he's he's good on top coming in, which they're always good on top. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Haynes, the All-American this year. Yeah, I mean, win it. Wow. If that happened, I mean, they may blow the, They may blow out their <laughs> – that'd be unbelievable. I know Jay was shaking his head no here. But the thing with 157 is it's so – widespread right now right and i like the other day i said i think austin o'connor is probably going to win 157 but he our man here did ask for a, a pretty crazy prediction here so i went with levi haynes but if that bracket is that widespread out and you got like who knows how that's going to get seated because austin o'connor has only wrestled twice this year i think and so is he going to get seated weird right off the bat is levi haynes going to be able to handle it uh I know Who even nice knows what 157 looks like this year with everybody saying I'm going this way, but, you know, we see them performing at another way. What about you? What's your wild prediction? Uh, Davidson, Air Force, heavyweight. heavyweight. Let's go. I don't think that that's too crazy, especially with Colton Schultz losing, what, twice this year or three times with the medical forfeit. Um, yeah, Kirk's going to be tough. Iowa's going to be tough. There's a lot of tough heavyweights. But I think it's a toss-up. Whoever has the best tournament, whoever's hot. What do you think about that, Corby? Yeah, I mean, I think he's very good on top. I mean, that that could happen heavyweight now. I think people thought maybe Schultz, then they thought, you know, others. And to me right now, um, Kirk looks like he's put on some weight, and Kirk looks really good to me. Um, But, you know, I mean, we haven't seen a healthy, a lot of Mason yet. So heavyweight's, heavyweight's very intriguing for me, right? I mean, you got Davison Northwestern. He's looking good, um, you know. So it's the Big Ten's loaded. It's going to get interesting here in the Big Ten season. So it'll definitely we'll know we'll have a very good idea of what's going to happen in March here come Big Ten season when all these guys you know battle each other. All right, Opaka, right. thanks for joining the show. Appreciate you guys. Love what you're doing. Keep growing Thank wrestling. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, so if anybody else wants to join, we're going to hang out here for a couple more minutes. If no one joins, we're just going to go ahead and call it a show. Um, I'm trying to get Fellers on the line here. I think he's probably out in the deer stand or something right now. He keeps hitting me up. He's in and out. He's like a freaking. Oh, yeah. I I mean, yeah, his Internet. I mean, that weird, we were on the phone yesterday and all of a sudden, you know, it just goes dead. Then you call back and it's voicemail for 10 minutes and then you get him for two more. I mean, it's, you know, you guys know it's rural Iowa, man. It's, I mean, you guys need like, I don't know what you need out there, but definitely more cell towers in the rural area. Like you guys are still living. I mean, you guys, do you own pagers? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we invented the computer out here. <laughs> What's Illinois ever done? Land of Lincoln, dude. He grappled. You can't. <laughs> Abraham that dude Lincoln? was a wrestler. Abraham right. Lincoln, baby. We he got wrestled. a president, too. We got a president, too. Uh, 
the the guy who built the dam in Vegas that lost a lot of money. Hoover. <laughs> Hoover. He's like one of the worst presidents of all time. <laughs> Ooh, you might get you might get. That's, you're getting political here. You think oh, I was getting off? You said you thought I was good off my lawn guy. You, wow. you guys, you guys started it. You guys wanted me to talk about Etchamandia. I've avoided this topic. Nobody's ever asked me on Twitter or nothing or Discord or nothing like that. Jake got it out of me, so I think it's some good content, though. No, I, I do too. I just, I don't. You know, here's the thing too. Like, um, wow, you really shut out that. Where do you hear this uh, scumbag car salesman thing? Is that like a, is that a talk in Iowa? Or I, I'm serious. Like, I'm not being a jerk. I just that got thrown out there. And, is that something that you're hearing or that slack that you get or where uh, – fill me in here while, while we're – I think you just put words in my mouth. I think you said scumbag, but I have – No, I that. never said scumbag. Are you Just kidding? now. I never said people call Dresser a scumbag car salesman. I said – Yes, you did. I did not say scumbag. I said he – people compare him to a car salesman. Earlier today in the Discord, somebody did. You guys can go. Oh, and okay. Well, I was asking where that came. I'm not putting words in your mouth at all, but I thought that's what you said. So I was curious if that's something that you're hearing or people are coming at you with. Or here, here's what's know. actually here's what's actually happening for the people that are still listening to the show, which we got 61 viewers right now. Shout out to everybody. Maybe we can get to 70. Send this to somebody. But Corby, I have a theory about you. Ever since that whole. Tom Brand saying that media members are getting paid and he believes that. I asked him in our interview and he doubled down on that. All of a sudden, you were hanging out in Iowa City a little bit. And now, every time I try to say something about Iowa, you're like, oh, Drake and Spencer, ah, oh, boys will be boys. Like, I'm starting to think maybe you're getting paid to to put it to like maybe the, i'm gonna call you the fireman you know why because you're putting out all these fires for the hot guys you're out here in the in the streets battling the hot guys which is smart it's very clever they couldn't have went to somebody like fellers and they couldn't have went to somebody like uh hager or obviously they're not gonna go to me but they couldn't go to somebody in the media who's from iowa because then it would just be bandwagoning it would be standing for your own team they had to go out and they had to get an outsider happens to live in arizona People are like, oh, he's just he he has no dog in the fight, obviously. So they went after you, Corby. How much are they paying you to put out all these fires for them? See, here we got the guy that shows up on the show wearing the black and gold. Now he's starting. He's the new minio. He's gonna start this. No, I wish. I, I wish. I, hey, listen. If if there's any coaches out there, anybody out there, I am open to nil deals. All right, I'm I'm very. Very good at uh, recruiting. Um, I'm very good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> seriously, though, um, you can't be serious, right? You're just kind of being a smart ass. <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm being a little bit smart, but I think you do no. probably you probably do shoot Iowa more bail than a lot of people would. No, I think, to be honest with you, to be honest, it's kind of like lately I've uh, – I don't know. To be honest with you, I think I – think you know, I grew up in Illinois, and this was something that um, you know, I heard my whole life, right? In the 80s, you know, my, you know, I would go out into Iowa as a kid. My dad would drive me out to dual meets, and, and uh, like, this has just been going on um, for forever, right? And, and it's just, it was in bars, it was in restaurants, it was in wherever, right? And now, with it went to the forums, right? And then now with 
social media and Facebook and whatever. It just it's just a continual this has been going on for 30 years, right? It's just the Hawkeye hate, right? And it's it's just kind of funny to me. And so I don't know. I mean, I've <clears throat> I don't really have a team um, by any means, like a team that I actually root for. Um, I'm more of a uh, individual guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I kind of everybody gangs up on them, right? So I kind of go the other way. You know, I'm I'm a little controversial, right? I like the, I like the freaking you know, I don't mind a little controversy. I don't mind sticking up for people. I like, you know, uh, you know, I like it, right? I mean, I, you know, people shit on the Ferraris and and all oh, the Ferrari this and that. Guess what? I, I'll say it right now. I happen to like the Ferraris, right? Cancel me. I don't give a shit. I like the Ferraris. I have no problem with the Ferraris. For Mr. Ferrari's a good guy. I Angelo Ferrari is a hell of a wrestler, and uh, it is what it is, guys. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, I don't, I don't hide. You know what I'm saying? I don't hide, and uh, I, I'll tell you what I feel. I'll tell you what I think, and uh, that's it. You know, it's it's just how I am. It's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run and hide from anything. And and uh, if it's controversy, it's controversy, right? But yeah, no, I. Um, the reason I brought that up was because at Iron Man, you know, after the flex, um, you know, everybody's booing the kid, right? gym right and it's like i like the kid the kid the kid's a nice kid and uh so i just kind of walked out in the center and was clapping and yelling good job angelo good job you know what i mean so just to give him a little encouragement but uh yeah i don't know i'm kind of i don't know let's go if people you know I, I like controversy right and right now everybody's shitting on iowa so uh guess what i'm gonna i'm gonna you know i'm gonna jump up and and uh, and play devil's advocate, right? And and let's see the okay. other side. Let's hear the other side. I'll say this: the Hawkeyes have always been good to us. When we go to Iowa City, they show up to our social. They say hi. They're cool. No one's tried to dunk on me or do anything crazy like that. But it's fun. It is fun as an as a non-Hawkeye fan in the state of Iowa. It is fun to go back and forth with those guys. And I think hundred percent. But I think that they like it too. Listen, listen. Do you think? Do you think that it's a? Do you think that it's a coincidence that the whole world, or the whole wrestling world, hates on the Hawkeyes? Right. Look at look at Gable. Right. Look how he coached. Stalling. Right. Yelling at. Right. So people don't look at the brands. Right. They're emotional. They wear their heart on their sleeve. They're gonna tell you what they think. They're right. So so. Right. Sometimes it, if you get people that like you and then people that hate you, you're going to have all the people you understand. You know, look at Howard Stern. Right. It, you know, it's like it, right? some like you, some hate you. When that happens, you're always going to have people talking about it. Right. And they're all look at this show. What we're on. I don't know how long, but 90 percent of it's been about the Hawkeyes. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just always I don't know. It's just I, I actually I don't listen to. um to many shows anymore. Um, but today for, I don't know, like the first 20 minutes I, I got, uh, after it was on the recording and on YouTube, I got on and I watched like the first 20 minutes of, um, of bash and Willie actually. And it was the first time I had listened for, well, they hate, they hate Iowa. Well, it was just the first time I had listened to Willie talk. And, you know, since I, since 
I left Willie right. I've kind of now in my mind, it's like, hey, I'm I'm gone past the. I want to choke Willie, and it is what it is, and I, you got to move on. I, I think it's you hilarious that I'll say this about Iowa: they have the ability to make things viral immediately. Like, yes, not, not that many programs can do that. They have that ability, <laughs> but on the other side, I, I think it's kind of annoying when Hawkeye fans are like, "Oh, poor me, they're talking about us again." It's like, okay, like. You guys like it, too. They love it, too. Everybody likes to be the villain sometimes. Well, right, but and that's why I said earlier they stir the drink, right? That way, right? Still, it's like you said, why? Because of their fan base, right? The people follow it. No matter what you say, their fans are jumping on it, right? They have the fan base. You know what I'm saying? It just the way it is, right? Good or bad, it's there. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with is – I mean, I've said it. I've said it a hundred times. You have no pro sports in your state. You have no pro sports. Okay, none. Be it, you guys aren't. Fans. You guys are not. But fans we still have the, But we that okay. That that doesn't. That argument doesn't always. No, but I'm gonna tell you why. You you guys you guys have no. You're not gonna get in your car and drive up to the stadium and root for the Cubs or the Bears or the or the Hawks. You're not gonna go root for the Rangers or the. There's really. You're but do people there. in cities do that? What's that? Do people in cities do that? Yeah, 100% they do. And not just that. You like, don't I think if I lived in Chicago or Minneapolis or one of these big cities, I would probably go to the same amount of pro sports games a year as I do in Des Moines. Yeah, but you would, but you would be invested in your local sports teams, and that would take time away from you being invested in the Hawkeyes or you invested in the Cyclones. You'd be invested in your hockey, your football. It takes time away in the offseason. You're not on the boards. You're not at you guys don't have any of that. So it's all college. It's all it's all what I love, it's all back to the root, right? It's back old school, right? Before it's like you guys are still, you know, I mean, it's that way, you know. Listen, you come out where I'm at, kids aren't holding the door for you. They're not saying I go to Iowa. Listen, teenage kids will hold the door for you at a grocery store or a gas station to let you in. That don't happen in in a lot in the Midwest or the East Coast. Maybe a little bit in some Western rural areas, but society, us caring about the next person or respecting others is totally out the window. And that's why I like Iowa, right? It's kind of still old school. I mean, kids are driving at 14, you know what I mean, like out in the farmland, and they still are having chore lists and doing things that – that make men and make women, you know what I mean? Like there's still accountability and, you know, and you guys, like the pro sports team thing, I just think that, that there's just a lot of time taken away that, that you could be doing other things and and be invested in other, other sports, but you're, you know, you guys are on your colleges, which, which is awesome. You know what I mean? What else, what else you got, Zach? How's the business going cutting the hair? Oh, it's been good, but let's go ahead and end this. Um, shout out to everybody watching. We got 60 people in here. That's pretty good. Pretty good for, good. for a random Wednesday. Jake, what were you going to say? Oh, just wanted to say go Rams. Go Rams. That's right. Ty, hey. anything else? Cheesehead. No. Cheesehead this weekend, right? Yep. Carter Pearson about to uh, beat the Munaretto. Just wait and watch. Munaretto and Pearson. That's a good one. Is there anything else on your squad like any other – individual matchups that you're eyeing that you for the for the cheesehead 
Uh, n- nothing, nothing like crazy. I, I am excited to watch um, Hopke and uh, the Simley kid, like Gavin Nelson. That that's, yeah. that's a big matchup, I know. So, you know, th- those are those are probably the two biggest matchups of the year or of the tournament. So, you know, just hey, excited to watch some high school wrestling. Before we end, uh, too, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, probably have, but um, Me- Mitchell Messenbrink will be in the uh, portal on March 9th. Reopens. He did. Interview. He's back in Wisconsin. He's about this. He, he he's training. You. He's gonna go. He's gonna do. Where Corby, he Corby, I hate to cut you off, but you're finally going. So your internet's finally crapping out on you. We've made it this far. Crap in the out. year, some senior level stuff, but he'll be hitting the portal. He he got a four point. You know, uh, he's gone. Well, I don't know what happened there. All right. That show was something. I don't know. I thought that was good. I like that. So uh, if you guys like this, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. We're going to try to go live once a week. We took a couple of weeks off because of the uh, we are traveling a lot and we had break and stuff like that. All this. So we'll be back. Uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks.